We believe that following Jesus is a journey and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Hey, I'm so thankful you're joining us today. I don't know where you're watching from. It might be your living room, your back porch, or even out on the lake on a a boat dock, but I'm glad you're here. And you need to understand one thing. I miss you guys. Not being able to see you in this room, it breaks my heart. I need you to do something to help us. You're going to see a phone number come up on the bottom of the the screen, 478-787-4270. And that number is important because it will help us connect with you. And let me tell you what you can do. If you're new here and you want to begin a conversation with us on how to move closer to Christ, just text starting point to 478-787-4270. If you want to connect in a life group, in a community group, that, then this is what you need to do is text CONNECT to that same number. And if you have a prayer request, text PRAYER to 478-787-4270. It's that simple, and that will help us connect with you and pray for you and know how we can best serve you. Well, today we're going to talk about transformation again, and we're going to drill down on one verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Before we get there, we got to do a little bit of back work. We're going to go all the way back to the Old Testament book of Exodus uh, to, to look at the life of Moses, and we're going to kind of encompass the few verses right before 318 that we're going to be studying today. Moses was a man that was chosen by God to lead God's people out of Egypt. They were in captivity there. They were slaves there. And Moses had wanted to help, but he didn't do it the right way. When he tried to do it the first time, he killed a man. And then he ran to a land called Midian. And he became a shepherd there for many years. God was shaping him in that land. The interesting thing that that, that I thought about as I read that is that God was using that time in the wilderness to work on him. One day, he's out with the sheep and he sees a fire. And it's a bush that is actually on fire. He gets closer, but the bush isn't being consumed. And on top of that, let me tell you what happens. He hears a voice and it's the voice of God. And God asks him to lead his people out of the land of Egypt. Now, what begins at that point is a relationship with Moses and God. And that relationship absolutely changes Moses. And there were six ways, as I did in my study, that he really changed Moses. The first one was just simply in his mission. He was a shepherd. Now he's a world leader. He's leading God's people. It changed his talk. He used to talk about sheep, maybe talk to the sheep. I don't know. But now he's talking for God and to world leaders. It changed his ability. As a shepherd, he had a staff. And when he threw it down, God turned it into a snake. And when he picked it up, it turned back into a staff. And I want you to understand that God gave him many other supernatural abilities because that's the power of God. And then he changed his desire. His desire used to be to keep his sheep straight and to keep them safe. But now his desire, and he had one desire, and that was to see more of God. And then it changed his dependence upon God. And the dependence upon God at the beginning says, I can't do it. 
But as he develops that relationship with God, what happens is this. He says, I can't do it without God. And the last way he was changed is one that's real important to our story today, and that was his appearance. Whenever Moses went to meet with God, he would come back and his face would radiate. The only problem was that when he got away from God that it began to fade. And if you've ever tried to lead when you're losing it, it just doesn't work. And that was Moses' case. So they put a veil over him so nobody would see him losing the glory of God. Uh, There was also a veil over them because at that time, no one could look at the glory of God, but that was removed when Jesus came to earth because we see God's full glory in him. Now that brings us to 3.18, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I want to share that with you because this is where we're going to camp out today to really learn about transformation. And this is what it says, and we all who with unveiled faces, we don't have to have a veil. We can see God's full glory and we don't need a veil because we're, we're growing dim. He says, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Now, I want you to hear the sermon in a sentence, and it is this, regular encounters with God will transform our lives. We saw that in Moses. He developed a relationship with God, and it transformed him. And we're going to study how that works in our lives today. There's really two parts to this, and the first one is our part. And our part is this, spending time with Jesus, just simply time with Jesus. Somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago, how do I hear from God? And I said, I make time to listen. That's all wrapped up in that word contemplate that we just read. Sometimes it's translated contemplate, other times reflect, and even sometimes it's translated as mirror. But what it actually means is that we reflect on Jesus, that we reflect on God until he gets into our life and we show the life of Jesus in our lives. So it's a reflecting on God so that we reflect his glory. And I want to tell you how we do that. This is how we make time to hear from God. The first one is we pick up God's word, we open it, and we read it, okay? We have this app that you can go to, and on the app, you'll find the daily walk, and it's a simple, short devotional that will get you in God's word and get you praying. And on the app, there's a thing called the Bible, and it'll take you to version. and there's lots of reading plans. But I tell you, that's the first thing you do. That's where you hear the word of God. I mentioned prayer just a second ago. That's the second thing that we do is we pray. We talk to God. And and, in talking to God, we listen. I I might talk to God about what I just read. God, I don't understand that. Or I might talk to God about, hey, this coronavirus thing, God, what's going on there? Or I may say, God, I'm a little anxious or I need help. And, And I will tell you this, when I call out to him, he responds. It may be through his word. It might be through somebody that comes to me and talks to me. It might be through the body of Christ. The third way that we hear God's voice is to meditate. And meditate comes to us from the animal world. There are these these cows and and sheep that that do a thing called chewing the cud. That means they chew the food, it goes down into a stomach, that comes back up, they chew it again. And all they're trying to do, it's called rumination, is get every part of that into their body and that will energize them and help them to do what they're to do. And you see in meditation, 
we get into God's Word and it becomes a part of us. And the fourth way that we hear God is to invest in the church. The church, the people, are the body of Christ. And I've learned so much from my community group. I've learned so much from the people I serve with. That's where we will see Jesus in their lives. So that's simply how we, we, we hear the voice of God. We make time by being in his word, praying, meditating, and, and investing in the church. And what happens when we do that? We, we have the ever-increasing image of God. We are transformed into the image we are transformed into the image. That means that we are changed. The word transformed is metamorphosis. It's a, that change from a, 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 a caterpillar to a butterfly, from a tadpole to a frog. We are actually changed. Let me explain it to you this way. And, and, and this will help you understand the secret to transformation. When I was a kid, they had this campaign to teach children how to eat in a healthy way. And, and this was the slogan, you are what you eat. If you eat unhealthy food, you're going to be unhealthy. And I would tell you as Christians is that we are what we consume, that we're going to be what we consume, that you, you are what you consume. It's a garbage in, garbage out. If I consume things that are not pure, things that are not right, I will not be pure. But if I consume the things of Jesus, I want you to hear this. This is from Philippians, the fourth chapter, and verse, verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Can I give you a little hint here? That's Jesus. He's every one of those things. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me are seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So we focus on Jesus. We, we focus on he, the one that is pure, the one that is right, the one that is perfect. But I want you to see the, the benefit of that. It says, and the God of peace will be with us. Every single one of us wants that. So we contemplated, and, and, and we're being transformed, but now we have the ever-increasing glory of God in our lives. Uh, Moses was fading. We won't. It, we'll keep on growing. And in fact, Philippians 1.6, this is what it says. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You see, God's going to continue to work until the day of Christ Jesus when we will be in his presence and we will reflect his glory with everything we have. Not too long ago, I was looking at Google News and I saw this article is written by a lady for Women's Health Magazine. And it was about her deciding that she was going to do 10 push-ups every day for a month. And what she chronicled in that short article was the psychological and the physiological changes that happened in her mind and body because she did that. As I read that, I thought that's nothing compared to the changes that will happen in us when we contemplate, when we contemplate on, on, on God and his word and on Jesus Christ. Now, the news that you need to understand is that when we do that, we release the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we do our part, then God does his part, and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. God does the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Paul explains it this way. 
in Ephesians 3.16. He says, I pray that out of your glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You see, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us, gives us the power of Jesus Christ. And this is so important. I want to explain to you the work of the Holy Spirit real quickly. Each one of these could be a sermon in itself. The Holy Spirit teaches and reminds us. As we get into God's Word and we read it and it gets into our mind, the Holy Spirit will remind us. And there'll be times that we'll remember a piece of Scripture and He'll show us how it works. So He teaches us. The Holy Spirit will also so guide us. There have been times when I've been nudged. A few weeks ago, when we were still meeting in this room, can I tell you what happened? The Holy Spirit nudged me. He said, you need to see this person that day. And I decided I better do that. And I went and I was able to minister to them in an incredible way. But that's only through the guidance of the Spirit. Then there's the whole idea of conviction of sin. We might not want that, but the Spirit convicts us. Whenever maybe there's that thought or action, or maybe even an attitude that's there, and I get that nudge from the Spirit, I know I need to change. And then there's the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. The, he is the source of power. Uh, there have been times, especially in this season, where I'm going on supernatural power, where God is helping me to persevere, just as I know He's helping so many of you. And then there's the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the leadership, the teaching, the, the hospitality, the administration. There's so many more that I could go into. But can I tell you what happens is the Holy Spirit comes and invades us and gives us the power to be transformed. So we've done our part and God has done his part in the Holy Spirit. And then what happens is the results. And that's the transformation, the ever increasing glory of God in our lives. We don't have to worry about, uh, about becoming dimmer because the, the, if we are in that regular relationship with Jesus, can I tell you what happens? His glory will shine brighter and brighter in us. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 4.18. I love this verse. It says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Did you catch that? The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Let me tell you what I, I want to see happen, and this was the design of God, is that we are transformed by being in his word and by praying. And then the Holy Spirit comes into us and the transformation happens. And, and, and this is what the church is to be. The church is to be transformed people who are transforming this community. The church is to be transformed people, and that only happens when we do what God asks us to do and, and listen to him. And then the Holy Spirit invades, we're transformed, and we shine the light of Jesus in this community. And that is so important, because when we do that, prejudice will run. Uh, the, the drug addicts will, will, will be healed and, and be delivered. We'll see, we'll see poverty uh, gotten out of this community. Why? Because the transformed people of God will transform this community. And it all comes back to this, the sermon in a sentence, a regular encounter with God will transform our lives. And it will make a difference in this community. But I want to give you one more why here. And this is so important, especially in the times that we are living. This transformation is especially important. 
in these crazy times we're living. Number one is because we will come in contact with the Prince of Peace. You remember back in, in, in Philippians 4, 8, it said the God of peace will be with you. He's going to be right there with us. We come in contact with the Prince of Peace. And I will tell you, in these crazy times, that's what I need. I need some peace. But the second why here, that why we want this transformation to happen is we have the ministry of the Holy Spirit or the Comforter deep down in our souls. So this is what I'm calling you today to do is to get into his word and get on your knees and just allow his word to soak in and continue to invest in the church. And then God will do his work in us and this peace will come over us. And so if I could say it this way, you get here and once you get there, you say, Holy Spirit, come. You are welcome here. Do you have it? We go to his word and then we say, Holy Spirit, come. You're welcome here. Father, you have the transforming power that we need. And I pray that we will listen and make the time to listen to you and to let your word soak in so that we can meditate on it. And then, Father, we know that when we do that, you come and do your part. And so uh, we simply say to you right now, send your spirit. And Holy Spirit, we say you are welcome here. We want you to work in our lives that we can be transformed and reflect your glory and shine brighter every single day and change this community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.